research showed that a typical person thinks about 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts every single hour, or 12,000 to 80,000 every day. Some of us use our minds a little more than others. Our thoughts eventually affect our actions, and our actions ultimately affect our lives. The old saying is true, you are what you think you are. We all know that the moment that we come to Christ, our lives are transformed, our sins are forgiven, and we begin on this journey of following Christ. We know at that moment, this battle begins, and that our mind is the battleground. And the enemy, the Bible says, is the devil. John chapter 8, verse 44 says that he is the father of lies. And he constantly is filling our minds with toxic thoughts. And this series that we are starting today called Doc Toxic Thoughts and Words we are going to uncover some of the toxic thoughts and lies that the devil has put in our minds, and we're going to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive them out, get up, and find ourselves going in the direction that we have been called by God to go. I have come this morning to unveil and to expose the subtle work of the enemy. We cannot see our thoughts, but we can think our thoughts, and all of a sudden we begin to understand these are not just thoughts. The enemy is trying to take us out. You are a threat. You are an obstructionist. You are a threat to the kingdom of evil. Today, we will stand up and we are going to take authority over every aberrant thought. And someone say something today. Amen. It's the thought that counts. Say that with me. It's the, say it a little louder. Second Corinthians chapter 10 is our highway, verse number three, verse number four, and verse number five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In verse five, let's hit it aloud, and I always like to read scripture aloud because it's powerful, and even more powerful when we say it with our lips, 
And it's just not repeating something. It's saying something that is truth that comes back and whips us into what it says. Hallelujah. Verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Say that last line again. We take captive... There's a thriving church in Corinth. Church was moving in the spirit. Great things were happening. Corinth is located in Greece. As you know, the Apostle Paul was the leader. And as he looked on this church many years ago, he discerned in the spirit something that was happening and that there was a, an attack on the thoughts of the believers in Corinth, just as there's an attack in Orlando, Florida, with believers. And he begins here to set the record straight of what we are involved in. And in verse number 10, he says, we are a part of waging war. He says, there's a war. The next verse, he says, and we fight. And he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension. And we take captive every thought. All of these things are not what God does. They are what we do. Sometimes we're waiting on God to do something when it's not his move. It's our move. There's a God part, and then there's our part. There are things that will happen sovereignly, but here he says, hold your sovereign card. This is not what God is going to do only. It's you. And he says, we wage war. Say it, we wage war. This is not a debate and a kind talk. He says, sit up, be alert. And he says, we wage war. And he says, we fight. We fight. Now, the whole thing here is specifically about our minds. And it's interesting that this one word, strongholds, the only place in the entire Bible one word is used, and it's this Greek word, ahorame, say it, ahorame, ahorame, and it is a prisoner locked by deception. And so he says, now, there are strongholds. This is not a temptation. This is not a random thought. This is not, well, I thought that. This is different than all of that. What he says is, in your mind, 
believers, and in your thoughts, there can be in an area, on a subject, an area where you become a prisoner by deception or maybe by default. And he says here that we are to fight. We are not to negotiate. We are not to have ambivalent talk. He says, you demolish the strongholds. Remember? Today we're talking about this text, one thing right here, our minds. And he says, you demolish strongholds. Hallelujah. I'm a little fired up today. So the enemy starts with ourselves. And he puts these thoughts in our mind. You begin to make it personal. You begin to say, I hate the way I look. I'm not smart. I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. I'll always be miserable. Negative thoughts are burned on the hard drive of our minds. And when we begin to think these negative thoughts, eventually we become negative, a negative person. Has anyone ever met a negative person? Hey, the sun's out, it's beautiful, and they say, it might rain in a couple minutes. You say, man, that was a great service. Well, air conditioning was a little warm this morning. They have an amazing gift that whatever you say that's good, they can tell you something's bad. It's a gift. Obviously, no one is like that in the nine o'clock service. Every one of us has toxic thoughts that go through our minds. I wasn't aware of what was happening to me many years ago because sometimes the thoughts are happening and you don't realize they're lies and the devil has planted those in your mind. Many years ago, I found myself, I would pray, I would study, I would stand up, declare the word of God. And when I came off of the platform and I would walk to the back, I would hear these toxic thoughts you didn't really do that good this morning. And I remember one morning I was in the new auditorium over here and that I had finished the service and I was walking out, it was about 2003, and I heard these thoughts. And every time 
I left, I heard those thoughts. And I realized that, or I thought at the time, they're just my thoughts. But I soon came to understand that these toxic thoughts weren't coming from me. The enemy was assaulting me and was trying to make me feel bad about what God just did. So if I got discouraged, I would not have as much confidence or hit it as hard. And I finally started to replace the negative thought that focused on me because it's not about me. And I began to think, wait a minute, I wait on God, he gives me a word and I speak it. And if I put down what God did, I'm putting down him. And I came to understand another truth that I read over and over that Jesus said in the New Testament where he says that the Father be glorified in the Son. And I went from those toxic thoughts and I replaced them and when I get off of the stage and I walk back, I don't say it out loud, but in my mind, I am saying it loud, Father, be glorified through Jesus Christ, because the Word of God is living and active, and it is alive. Now, I want to give you just three points this morning of what we need to do to literally defeat the enemy. If you're here, would you just say something? Hallelujah. All right. So... Uh, first of all, I want to look here at these three points that first of all, what we have to do is to identify the lies, write that down, identify the lies that the enemy is trying to put in our minds. There are three moves that we make and we have to consciously know what he says and then we have to say, no, that is a lie. You may have to say it out loud. Hopefully no one is around you. But you may have to say during the day by yourself, when that thought comes into your mind, you have to identify the lie. And then after you identify the lie, you have to reject the lie. You have to, with your mind and your will, saying, that thought did not come from me. That is a lie from the enemy. And I'm exposing you, you liar, about my future and about what God has for me. And I'm not putting up with it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many are great, glad you're here this morning? Reject the lie. Hallelujah. Replace it with the truth. The enemy says, well, as bad as you've been, God will never use you in in life, really. You just say, that's a lie. I reject it. No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Whip out 2 Corinthians 5.21, throw it on him and say, go somewhere else. 
I'm not buying today. Hallelujah. I am forgiven. Reject the lies. The enemy says, well, all these bad things. How many know bad things happen to us? I had the wrong right group here this morning. How many know bad things happen to us? Okay. And so he says, well, God is punishing you. He's bringing all these bad things on you because you did all these things. Identify. That's not true. No. Replace it with the truth. No. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that God is working all things for my good because I love God and I'm a call according to his purpose. So these things are happening from the devil. They didn't come from God. However, he uses all the bad things for our good. We win. So we take our stand. A lot of people are believing or blaming God for sickness, blaming God for a head-on collision. Let me announce today that we serve a good God. We serve a wonderful God. And the enemy is out to take us out. We don't buy it. And then he says, you're never going to overcome in this situation. You're never going to whip this alcohol. You're never going to whip this drug deal. You're never going to whip this lazy spirit in your life. No. I love to whip out the, what the truth says in the Bible. And the Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 11, we overcome by the blood of the land and by the word of our testimony. We defeat the enemy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just praise the Lord. Christ, Galatians 5.1 says, Christ set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. That includes the devil. Our freedom belongs to us. And this morning we're talking about the freedom in your mind. That when you get up, you have decided that you are going to allow the thoughts of God to be your thoughts. You're going to live on first Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Christ in every situation, in every conflict, in every vicissitude of life. We have, say it with me, we have the mind of Christ. Say it louder. We have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, verse 4, says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our weapons today that I want to mention, our weapon is the word of God. Jesus said in his prayer in John 17, 17, he said, simply sanctify them 
By the truth, your word is truth. This is the Bible, and this is our weapon. And when the Holy Spirit comes and makes this come alive, it becomes a living, a living weapon. The book cannot be activated without the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit breathes upon us in our prayer chair early in the morning or in your truck before work on the job site and you whip out your U version or you begin with a cup of coffee and the Bible and you begin to read it, becomes a weapon against all the invisible forces of the enemy. The enemy would like everyone, the whole, their whole life, never to have a morning or a daily briefing with heaven because this book is a threat and no one will be able to assault the toxic thoughts in their mind without a regular dose of the Holy Scriptures. He tells you, you can anchor verses in your mind. You can know every score, and you can know that the warriors lost. Anyway, you can know the score. Wasn't there a game this week? You can know what the score of a thousand games, who shoots the three pointers, the names of all the players, what team they're with, when they were a rookie, and you can't, you can't anchor one verse in your Bible. You have been exposed to the liar and you bought it. This is the living truth. And the Bible says this book is alive and it is active. It is, not it is not alive and active unless you get in it. And that's why the enemy doesn't want you to get in it because you have children and you change diapers and you're too busy and you're working and yes, and that's right, but you fill up your gas, don't you, every week? Or you charge your electrical motorcycle. Interesting that we can eat. Well, I'm busy. Well, you, eat, you ate dinner. How many ate yesterday? No one. Okay. <laughs> Amazing we have time to eat. And I'm assuming everyone has been breathing this week. But we don't have time to take 15 minutes to get on the sidelines and get the truth working and speaking truth to our minds. This book is our weapon. This weapon is inactive and won't work unless it is combined with the Holy Spirit. That's why when you're a part of a Spirit-filled church, you begin to not only have the Holy Spirit, you begin to overflow with the Holy Spirit. And when you're overflowing with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to turn you to the book, to the U version. And you begin to read it, not every other day or once a week or once a month. You say, I'm going to do this regularly. I know I'm going to work out. I know I'm going to work. I know I'm going to fill up my 
gas tank. But I'm going to get the book out and I'm going to read this. And when I read it, I don't read it to read it. I read it and I sit early in the morning in my prayer chair and then I say, what are you saying to me this morning about that? And then I begin to write in my prayer book something that God says to me because I want a word from heaven in my morning briefing. I want God to speak to my soul and my heart so I have the right thoughts in my brain and I don't have recurring strongholds that the enemy has set up in my mind where I'm negative. It's good, Alex. We have divine, verse four, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. Say it with me. We have. How mighty that was. We have divine power to demolish now listen, this is not, we didn't, we're, not, we're not just sitting here like, well, whatever. This is not a whatever, this is not a whatever service this morning. It, it's not that. And if you don't have any kick to say that, hey, listen, that's all right. You just say it anyway. You don't have to feel it. We have. Put that verse up there. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. Where? 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 We're always talking about strongholds, strongholds. Wait a minute, only one place is used, one. Where are most of our strongholds? In my hand? No. They're right in your brain. And you know why? Because he wants us to be like a dog on a leash where the enemy uses us as a show dog. Oh. Look at the nice Christians going to the service on Sunday. This is wonderful. You have to fight. I guarantee there's not one person here you fight too much. You gotta fight for your thoughts. And when you do, the Bible says that we have divine, the word for power is dunamis. It's our word dynamite. So we have divine dunamis 
This is not talking about God having it. He says, I've given you the Holy Spirit, and now you've been given a power, but the power just doesn't happen. You have to use it. It's like starting your car. Your car can sit there all day, and your Maserati, boy, I love that car. And if you don't turn on the ignition, your Maserati, I didn't see any of those this morning, will not go from zero to 60 in three seconds. But you know, if you have a Maserati, that when you turn that thing on and you put your accelerator down, you have power. And you, having power means nothing. There are a lot of Pentecostal people walking around with latent power inside of them. They certainly have it. The big deal is not having the power. The big deal is standing up and using it and walk around your family I don't know how many families are fighting chaos. They're all, uh, everything is off. And it's almost like everybody's being led around by the enemy. And there's not enough work or uh, truth happening. And there's not enough using of the power. We're Pentecostal. Having the power is meaningless. Until you go home and you face that situation where you get up the, the morning and you are somehow discouraged and every negative thought has come into your mind, but you decide that you're going to take those thoughts captive and you're going to come against it and you may have to walk around the kitchen and you may have to say, I am demolishing the stronghold of negativity in my, in my mind in the name of Jesus. There are Christians by the millions. They are quoting and they know about a lot of stuff. You have to stand up and you have to begin to fight. Those that are guys back here, you have to stand. You have to, you have to get off of your old life. You have to start using the Holy Spirit. And what I'm saying this morning is you have divine power. You have the dynamite. You have the, 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 you have the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. Use it. Use it in prayer. Say it out loud. Identify what he's doing. Then you begin to expose what he is doing. You say, no, I'm not having it anymore. And then you replace it with truth until you are full of truth and you have more truth in your mind than lies. And then when that begins to happen, you begin to realize that you have a calling on your life. You're not to sit around. We have some people who are retired. I don't believe in it. They are retired sitting around. No vision, no killer instinct. Every person should be activated knowing you have a call of God on your life. You have a mission and that call is a call to change the world. Church in the Son has been called by God. Not to be a church of a few thousand people, but a church of thousands and thousands and thousands where people who have had these negative, toxic thoughts in their mind, but they get up 
and they decide, I'm not living like that anymore. I'm going to defeat the enemy in my house, and I hope that you will go into your house this, this afternoon or tomorrow, and you will begin to kill everything of negativity around your house and take authority in the name of Jesus, defeat the enemy, and take every thought captive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The other morning, I'm in my prayer chair. I'm waiting on God. I'm not satisfied where we're, we are as a congregation. I know he has big plans for us. I'm waiting on the Lord. I said, my God, what do we need to do? He said to me, Alex, you, you pick up the pace of prayer in the church. You outline a very aggressive plan at the subterranean levels of this church, and you begin to call the church to prayer, begin to call the entire congregation to come together once a month this Wednesday night, and we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for breakthroughs. We're going to have the altars full, and I'm asking the Lord, get the retired people here on Wednesday night. Get the people who are tired here on Wednesday night. Get the people, get the families together. Get the young people, get the children, and let us begin to kick in the spirit, pull down the strongholds, begin to pull down heaven on our church. If we do the same thing we've been doing, we will have the same future. But if we rise up and say, we didn't start this church to have a, new, a nice church. We started this church to be a vibrant, active, ongoing church of the power of the Holy Spirit that defeats every principality and every power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I think of Brooklyn Tab, and we have members from that church, and we started going when our children were five, six, seven years old, and the last time was in there, walk in that place. Tuesday night, they have their prayer meeting, and they're praying, 3,000, 4,000 people calling out to God. We have a picture of it. Throw it up there where they're calling on God. There's a revival. There's a move of the Spirit of God. So we have to have more prayer, more prayer. We have to shake the gates of hell. We have to come against the principalities. If you're neutralized and you're going along to go along, that's not going to cause a revolution. I'm believing in every service on nine o'clock. This is where the Sunday, where it begins. The fire of the Holy Spirit begins to break out at nine. And if it can happen at nine, it can happen at 11 o'clock. I don't want to have any more normal services. I want to have the moving of the Holy Spirit. And you need to move more. I need to move more. And we need to shake it up. I'm believing on Wednesday night. As hundreds of our middle school and our, hundred, our high school, bring your, bring your high schooler. It's summer. Bring them by the hundreds. A revival over there in the next gen. Bring your children, the elementary children, the pre-K children. Bring your family here. And we're going to shake the gates of hell. We're going to come against every principality. And I'm believing we're starting a new church of power and might that we can demolish. We, because we have divine power. We have the dunamis. We have the dynamite that we can stand up and we can fight. And that these encounters, the women's encounter, we're going to have an encounter with these women this next week. Not a few. There are a lot of women in the church. You need to go away for a weekend. Get your spirituality scrubbed up. Let the Holy Spirit do something new in you. And the men's encounter coming up. We're going to see a move of the Spirit that we have never seen before. I'm declaring it today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
Let the power of God come down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to stand up and fight right now. No one leave. Come on, hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Come on, hit it. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone stand up. Right here. shout at basketball games we shout at football games the only reason we shout we shout for our team not the opposition well we're shouting for the right team today Jesus I want you to begin to shout begin to shout to the Lord begin to shout turn the lights on Begin to shout. Begin to shout. Begin to shout. Come on, begin to shout. 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 Begin to shout.
It's amazing how the enemy takes our life and we fall prey to his line. Do this, do this, do this, it looks good. And we do it, it's not right. And Jesus says, I'll give you a new life. And this morning, before we end here, I want to give you an opportunity to be forgiven of your sins, to say yes to Christ, open your heart, on the cross, Jesus took our sins. He granted our pardon. And because of that, we can be set free. Last week at the 11 o'clock service, we had an Easter harvest. People weeping, coming out of darkness. This is why we have this building, $20 million campus. This is why we have this to see thousands of people come out of darkness and have an exposure to the grace and love of God. So I'm gonna to count to three. If you're here and say, hey, I need to be forgiven. Or maybe you once knew the Lord and you're corroded spiritually and you need to re-engage. Sometimes it's just hand in the air by faith. Can't figure it all out. You only know you need to get out of what you're in. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Throw up your hand. Say, I want forgiveness. Put it up. Yeah, we're here. Just throw it up. <laughs> Defy all the darkness. And you don't have to feel anything. You just say, I'm getting out. I'm going to ask everyone that raised your hand or you didn't, Walk down the aisle, stand here for a minute, and we're going to have a one-minute prayer with you. And we're going to wait. You come right now, wherever you are. You didn't raise your hand. Come, come, come. 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 Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Get out out of the darkness and into the light. Get out. All across this front. In Jesus' name. Stand all across the front. We're going to pray the most liberating prayer you can pray in the Bible. Hallelujah. 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 And we're going to pray this prayer. Pastor Dave is going to be with you. My wife is here giving you a hug. It's not what you have been. It's who you're becoming. You may not have come. You pray this prayer anyway. You that are watching, hundreds, pray this prayer. Say it out loud. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. 
forgive my sin and give me your grace the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer, you're in the family. Pastor Dave, go with Pastor Dave, go with him. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise.